This is Betsy Jensen, and you are listening to Unstoppable Body and Mind, Episode 29, You Are Not Your Thoughts. In this podcast, we learn to upgrade our brain and understand the power of our thoughts to heal and to create the results we want in our life. Become the person in control of your healing and make peace with your life. Become unstoppable, body and mind. Hello, my friends. Today, we're going to talk about thoughts again. I know I talk about thoughts a lot, but that's because our thoughts are so important. Our thoughts are literally powerful. If you go back to episode two, there's a lot of experiments that show the power that thoughts have to create things. Thoughts create our emotions, and then our emotions drive our actions and create our results. So really, our thoughts create our results. And sometimes we put a lot of pressure on ourselves when we start to learn about this thought work. I know that I did. And a few years ago, I'm thinking back to when I was just learning about the secret and getting really into the power of thoughts and thought work. And I really put a lot of pressure on myself. If I had any negative thoughts, I would kind of make it into a really big deal because I didn't want to have negative thoughts. I didn't want to attract anything negative. And so I would almost create more fear around it. And you know, when you're trying not to think of something specifically, then that's all you think about. And I felt bad about myself when I would do it. And so I just compounded the negativity when I realized that there were some negative thoughts that I was thinking. But again, if you think about survival, which I also talk about a lot, the way our brain was formed and what our brain functions to do is to keep us alive, to keep us surviving. And so the primitive brain especially is on lookout all of the time for things we should be worried about or things that aren't right or things that we need to change. Basically, a bunch of negative stuff. I think I heard Joe Dispenza say that two-thirds of our thoughts are negative. And that's especially in the unaware default state of our brain. And one of my favorite things to look at when I'm trying to label my emotions are those wheels that have the names of different emotions on them. And I noticed that about two-thirds of the emotions are negative. So even with our descriptions of our emotions, it kind of reflects this pattern that we have in humanity to have more negative emotions, basically. Just like Eskimos have 10 or 20 words to describe different types of snow, We have a lot of words to describe negative emotions because that's what our brain primarily creates for us through negative thoughts. Again, for this survival to keep us alive. So when we do thought work and start evolving our brain, it's very easy to notice the amount of negativity that we have and we want to make it mean something about ourselves. Now, Joe Dispenza also teaches that we can become addicted on a cellular level to emotions and the neurochemicals that those cells are getting from different emotions. So I like to think of it as kind of this feedback loop where our thoughts create these emotions, which we feel in our body, 
And then when our cells kind of become depleted of those neurochemicals, of the feelings that we're used to having, then we start looking around for more things in our environment to give us those thoughts that will give us those chemicals. So if we are used to feeling overwhelmed, then when we're not feeling quite as overwhelmed, our brain will get to work looking around the environment, producing thoughts of things that could be overwhelming for us. So maybe we look at our workload or our children and what they're needing or our house, or we think of all the pain that we're in and how long it will last and we don't know. So it's overwhelming. And this is one of my go-to negative emotions. And so I could go on and on about the things that I can get overwhelmed about. And overwhelm for me also leads to a feeling of anxiety. Those kind of go hand in hand. And I used to have a really hard time with this because I didn't like that I felt overwhelmed and I didn't like that I felt anxious. And I thought that meant something bad about me. And I thought it meant bad things about my environment that my, you know, my circumstances needed to change. Like if I could just get these things checked off my list and get things completed, then I wouldn't feel overwhelmed anymore and then I wouldn't have anxiety. But really, my brain would just look for more things to get overwhelmed and anxious about. I noticed this especially when I was doing a lot of um, virtual visits for work and not going into the office and not spending as much time traveling and you know getting ready in the morning and all of these things that I used to do I ended up having basically a lot more time at home and I thought that that would be less overwhelming for me but then I started to notice all of the unfinished projects and things around my house that weren't causing me a lot of day-to-day anxiety before because I was anxious about other things with my work and my schedule and managing my time with my children. And then when I had more time, I still had about the same level of overwhelm and anxiety. And I know I've talked about this on another episode or maybe two before, but when I was getting coached and started realizing, she started picking up on some of these patterns that I had. And she pointed out to me that I did have a lot of things that were unfinished. I mean, probably right now I have three podcast notes that are about 80% done. And I have a lot of uncompleted tasks and projects like that that are really almost done. And she said, what's going on here is that you have this thought that there's too much to do. You have this feeling of overwhelm. And you're basically creating that result for yourself because you're not completing the things that you're 80% done with. And so there's all of these undone things, all of these projects started, and your brain gets that satisfaction basically of being right, even though it makes me kind of miserable and anxious. But again, the brain doesn't see these negative emotions as bad for you. You know, it thinks that if it can make me more overwhelmed and anxious, then I am more likely to want to change my environment and get things done and hustle. But really what it does is the overwhelm, the anxiety makes me more likely to not complete those projects, maybe not even start any new ones, basically want to hide and 
check my email a hundred times and scroll on social media. So noticing all of these patterns can be very frustrating to some people. They can see that their brain is doing this. They can see that they keep falling in to these same patterns that prove their beliefs true and feel really anxious to want to change it and maybe even sink a little bit more into negativity because that must obviously point out some kind of moral deficit or that I'm not good enough or worthy enough, like I'm just lazy or not a hard enough worker. But what I'm going to suggest here is that you are not your thoughts. And by that I mean that if I have thoughts of being overwhelmed and anxious and not wanting to do anything and that I'm a lazy person, that it doesn't necessarily mean that those things are true and that they're things that I want to believe. And it's okay that I have those thoughts. I don't have to hurry and try to change those thoughts and always be better all of the time. Remember, 50-50, we're going to have some negative thoughts And rather than reacting to them, what if we can allow them and notice them? That's really the first step, is just noticing what's going on in our brains. And I would suggest to do that from the most detached, neutral place that you can find for yourself. I was thinking about that this week because... I've been noticing more and more as I get coached that I kind of talk about my brain almost like it's a third party. So when I talk about something and my coach says, what does that bring up for you? Then often I will say, my brain is thinking this. And Eckhart Tolle talks about being the watcher of your brain. And that is what I feel like I'm doing in those moments. Now, I'm not always at that level of awareness. Sometimes it's while I'm coaching. Sometimes it's during the day where I start to feel a little anxious and I think, oh, my brain is thinking this right now. That's why I'm having that feeling. But I try not to just jump to a different thought. Sometimes we call that thought swapping, where instead of acknowledging what's going on, You're just like, I don't want to feel this way. I want to think something different. And even when you don't really fully believe it, you know, I'm like, I, I'm calm. I don't feel stress, you know, and, and it's not genuine. You have to acknowledge what's there. And the less that you make it mean something negative about you, the more you can just be in this place of observance, which is really going to help you make changes more than if you're all wrapped up in all of the drama of it. So I'll give you a little example. Lately, it's been brought to my attention that I play the victim, according to my teenage son. So when I find myself complaining about what's going on. You know, if people ask how I'm doing and I find that I'm starting to get a little negative and blaming other people for things, then my tendency is to shut it down as quickly as possible. But what I've really tried to do is stop and analyze what is going on and realize that it's just my brain kind of recycling these old patterns, playing these old programs, 
And it's not really anything about if I have this character flaw and this weakness of seeing myself as a victim, because definitely there are times that I can see that, and there are times that I don't see myself as a victim. But not seeing myself as a victim doesn't mean that I have to take responsibility for everything and I never blame anyone or anything again. You know, I'm, I'm a human and I'm going to have some of these emotions and some of them are just going to be negative. And so instead of trying to make it mean something and overreact, just try to be neutral. Take out the drama. Maybe you can imagine that you're watching something like an animal. You're just fascinated by the primitive brain and what it does. I mean, sometimes I'll do this with my dog. I'll watch him like staring at the door. (laughs) I'm like, why is he just staring? And I wonder what he's thinking. And I wonder what's going on for him. And I try to do that with my brain too. Oh, my brain is doing this. My brain is telling me this and detaching myself from my thoughts and from making it mean negative things about myself. So with pain, I think this absolutely applies as well. A lot of our pain is created by our brain, neuroplastic pain, and these neuronal connections and the amount of our brain dedicated to pain production is amplified the more we pay attention to it and the more we make it significant. So the best thing we can do is not be overreactive, to be very neutral when the pain comes up, to have almost a boredom with it, and to not make it mean anything significant. And if you need help with this, you can listen to the meditation for pain episode that I have. If you have about 10 or 15 minutes to sit and do that process, and if not, just recognize that your reaction to these thoughts can either amplify or decrease the sensations that you're having. So maybe you could do something like take a pause and breathe deeply. Slowing our breathing, especially if you're breathing out a little bit longer than you're breathing in, you know, if you're breathing out for eight counts and in for six, then that's going to help activate the parasympathetic nervous system which slows down your nervous system, gets you out of fight or flight, gets you into rest and repair, and helps calm everything down. Meditation is a great practice as well for detaching from the thoughts in your head. If you've tried meditating, sitting in silence, you know how many thoughts just come up automatically. And for some, that can be very frustrating, especially at first. But again, just noticing releasing, almost letting those thought bubbles float away as if they were flying up into the air or leaves on the water that run down the river. And the more you practice this consistently when you're not stressed, the easier it will be for you in those times of stress to take a breath and pause to regulate your nervous system and to detach from your thoughts. So yes, Your thoughts are powerful. Yes, we want to do thought work, but you are a human with a human brain. You will have negative thoughts, and the way that you react to them can make all the difference. So get curious. 
If you want to get curious with me, if you've tried some of this work on your own and you want to take it to the next level, then email me at info at bodyandmindlifecoach.com or check out my website, bodyandmindlifecoach.com. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you learned a little bit about your brain today that helps you in your life like it helped me. Please be sure and subscribe and leave a review. And of course, be sure and share this podcast with someone you know that wants an unstoppable body and mind.